I also just, oops, I just dropped my mic. Um, I also just opened a white claw, so I, I think I'm ready to, I'm ready to hang with the I-70 show tonight. It's going to be a hype episode. Well, thank God. <laughs> so we'll kick things off right, right off the bat. Our, our mountain of the week is Steamboat. The total snowfall for the season in Steamboat is now 79 inches with 8 inches in the last 24 hours and 11 in the last 72. That's pretty much right on par with what we've seen across the Front Range. Uh, for context, Vail got about a foot. For Steamboat, it's been the snowiest November since the 2010-2011 season. And we're projecting more over the weekend running into December. They're projecting four inches on Friday and then uh, more on Monday. So Steamboat is already looking good. Honestly, the, the whole state is looking pretty good in terms of snow totals. Um, in terms of terrain, they have seven of 21 lifts open. So they're still only about a third open, but you have to imagine they're getting ready to open more probably in the coming week. So if you're getting out there to Steamboat, it's uh, going to be good. They have powder conditions right now. I'm going to say it sounds like a powder day in Steamboat. Everyone, instead of Satchel this week, we have Jade Noble filling in. You guys have heard about her on some of our previous episodes. She's a ski instructor with us in Vail and a longtime friend of all of ours. Um, welcome to the show, Jade. Thank you. How was your weekend? Well, my weekend was, it was, uh, I'd give it a six. <laughs> we just started our ski training, our ski instructor training, and this weekend we were at the level ones, which means they were never evers. They've never seen snow before. So I don't think we put our skis on until almost noon. Yeah. Which yeah. that was draining. That was draining. But it was fun. We were up in Vail. They got a little bit of snow. We got to take some good runs out there. Hit the bar scene at night. Overall. Yeah, it was a good Vail weekend. Early yeah. early season. We're not missing much. Yeah, exactly. Um although it was really, you know, like I, I was saying, uh, I think to you or Satchel this weekend that just standing in your ski gear is more exhausting than actually skiing. Like when you have to stand on a, <laughs> at, on an angle and like listen to somebody teach you, it's more exhausting than, yeah. than actually Let skiing. me tell you, I, I'm sore in two places right now. Uh, I'm, a, I'm doing a little bit better, but I'm sore like in my glutes, I guess, from doing so many pizzas this weekend. <laughs> and I'm my hip flexors are sore from standing on a hill for literally like 45 minutes at a time listening. I I agree. I don't think those muscles have seen a lot of action yeah. since I learned how to do french fries instead of a pizza. <laughs> no, absolutely. We were we were literally having to practice taking turns with the pizza so that we could replicate what it's like to be someone who's never or who's learning to ski. And Alex I don't know. Do you know anything about the the scale for how they assess a skier's level or ability level? Uh, no. The only thing I know is that that little chart they give you when you go mount skis and you can say whether you're you know a one, two, or three, but mm -hmm. it never been assessed before. Yeah. So it was actually ten levels. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually a, a cool thing we could share. I'll, I'll start going through it. It's it's kind of interesting for people who are interested in either ski instructing or taking a ski lesson. If you have never skied before, so like Jade said, you're a never ever, you would be considered a level one. If you can stop, you immediately become a level two. So if you can pizza to a stop, 
Level three, you can take some turns in a pizza. And then... Level four is when you can link it together. You could take like a couple turns and then stop at the end of it. Yep. And then level five would be that you can completely hockey stop. And your pizza turns are becoming more... more how would, how would you describe that, Jade? You're still in a wedge, but you're closing the gap in the back. They, they called it shutting the window. Yep. You're shutting the window. So as you're coming through your turn, your skis are coming together. You're making a more natural turn like you see a really good skier make. And then once you're in level six and above, you know, that's actually what we're going to learn next weekend. So I'm not exactly sure what defines each of those levels, but... Um, from level six and above, from my understanding, is a, a balance thing. You know how to balance on your skis and flex into each turn, and you know where you have to be in your boots. It, it, it's more... It, it's like the knowledge behind how your skis work instead of just understanding you're on skis. Gotcha. Okay. That's very helpful. Yeah, and we're going to do Devo, Devo training this next week, so... That should be a little faster paced and hopefully we'll get off the bunny hill this next week. And the skiing should be better now that they've gotten some more snow. So I'm excited for it. As far as news this week, we are coming up on the World Cup weekend. So the World Cup men's ski racing is about to happen in Beaver Creek this week. So if anybody's a fan of ski racing, that'll be going on. You guys can get on I-70 and get out there and watch it. We have some... Some definitely some people in our group who were really excited that that's happening this weekend, and we might like Alpine Racing, Jackson. Yeah, like Alpine Racing. So Bird to Prey course is is one of the courses along the circuit. We had a whole week to figure out how Michaela Schifrin has seventy five or more yeah, World Cups, but we still don't know how many World Cups there are in a year. We, we're really slacking here, Jackson. How old is Michaela Schifrin? She's only a little bit older than us, so we were trying to figure out how she's already won 75 World Cups, which seems like a ridiculous amount. So, which I was going to say, at that point, it kind of sounds like they just hand them out. Oh, you showed up. Like, here's your participation cup. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, seriously. That would be right up Maddie's alley to get a participation <laughs> award. Here's your ribbon. Alex, I know you had something to add about Steamboat. We all love skiing terminology, and... Um, Sounds like there's actually some sort of archive for ski skiing terminology that that you heard about. Yeah, that did. So there's um, there's a cool article in the Summit Daily um, about this guy named Russ Scholl, who is a ski instructor or who's been a ski instructor for like forty um, <clears throat> forty years now. And uh, over the course of his instructing, he's written down like all of the slang he's heard on the mountain of people like describing conditions and describing you know, like skiing. Um, and some of these are actually pretty funny and pretty cool. So I figured it'd be kind of fun to, uh, to, to list them and then see if you guys actually know what they mean. Um, so we'll do our first one here and, uh, it's Jade, knows, Jade knows all the ski slang. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, Alex, this will be a, this will be a fun game. All right, so we'll do a competition. If, so, if between Jackson and Jade, who can uh, who can who can get the most correct? All right, so we'll start okay. with the first one. First one um, is cold smoke powder. Jade, you want to go first? I have never heard that before. My guess would be pole. You said like a ski pole. No, cold smoke powder. 
cold smoke powder. That my guess would be if it's like it just snowed, but it's so freaking cold. It's like light, fluffy snow. It's not that heavy, easy to ski in. I think that's probably accurate. That's that would be my guess too. Is powder that's so cold that it's um, nice and fluffy and not he- not that heavy P and W snow that that they get up north. Yeah, you guys are right. It's champagne. It's basically champagne powder, um, lie or light dry. You know cloud of powder so so i guess one tie on that one one for one one and one all right next one is uh snowhawk my only guess for that would be like when you tomahawk but i i feel like that's its own term and everyone knows that one that's a tough one a snowhawk um someone who skis really fast down the mountain i i'm that's a wild <laughs> guess for me i don't know that'd be like a snow eagle you're both wrong you're both uh it's it's um the strip of snow left behind on the roof of a car during snowy months resembles a mohawk so it has nothing to do with skiing oh, that's fact, funny. I, don't even, I don't know why that one's on there um, no that that has to do with skiing i mean we're, we're the we are the uh that i-70 show so true um that's right. very relevant. I'm I'm gonna aspire to have a snowhawk. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, the next one's death cookies. Oh, I know what a death cookie is. <laughs> Do you want to go first, Jackson? Sure. Yeah, I'll go first. I think. Uh, well, I'm fairly certain a death cookie is uh, after a, a big snow, and if it, if it gets warm later in the day. And then it thaws over, or and then it refreezes overnight. You get these massive chunks of ice. So you end up, you know, the next day you end up just skiing death cookies. And it's like, it's like if you let cookies sit out on the counter for five days, they get really hard. And it's it's like skiing over those. That's that's exactly how I would describe it. And the the visual I'd put behind it is you're like, oh yeah. I'm going to go rip this up right now. And you go to take one turn and it's like rock hard and you just like take it in your knees. That's <laughs> a death that, cookie. When you hit it and it kind of takes the wind out of you, that's a death cookie. <laughs> it makes that sound. Yeah, like yeah. You, like. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would describe a death cookie as like the veiled back bowls on like the third day of snow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The three days after <laughs> in the in the spring. Yeah, that's the spring Before at seven thirty in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was that was all an right. easy one, Alex. Yeah. All right. Well, here this might be easy as well, but last one. All right. So, what's the white room? I'll let Jade take this one. No, you go first. Okay. The white room is when, you know what? I I'd say there's two possible explanations for the white room, but typically the white room is when the light quality is so bad that you can't tell the difference between what is sky and ground. And what adds to the white room is if it's a pow day and you're getting like sprayed in the face by so much snow and then you really can't tell what's snow and what's sky. That's that's what I would describe as the white room. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually had no idea what a white room was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can picture what you're talking about though. Where, you're, well, where all you can kind of see is like, the tips of your skis and you might know the run you might just be in for it i've been there but i don't, i didn't know there was a term for it yeah you're spot on my thought is you know i imagine the white room is like 
you have a one of those powder days where you wake up in the morning and you're like motivated to be up at the mountain at 5:30 in the morning. You know, you are you want to be up there and you take you know, your first turn is like a really aggressive fast turn and just you have a field of powder go over your head and you're completely blind for like a second and all it is is just snow everywhere. That's my vision of of the white room where you know you just it's an unreal it's like one of the it's a it's that one day a year of skiing where you just everything is perfect mm-hmm. that sounds no. awesome <laughs> you, yeah you want to be in the white room you, you know what i think about too with that stuff is um we ski veil a lot or like a lot of those resorts where when it's that cold and you can't see anything a lot of people aren't skiing you know they're getting their hot chocolate or their opera on Super and you're true. like, oh, there's no lines. I'm freezing, but the snow's pretty good. And you can't see anything, but I know where I'm going enough. <laughs> Those are the best days. Yep. <laughs> Just got to be tough. Wear all your layers. <laughs> I have some more topics for us this week, just if we want to jump into it. First off, I would like to do a little um, gear, gear talk. We don't really have a segment for this, but um, one thing that I've noticed, a trend, especially among the ski instructors that we're working with, they all have boot covers for the bottoms of their boot. And as skiers, you guys should know that it's a pretty crucial thing to have. And it's something that I never really grew up with. So I feel like it's kind of like catching on to like really protect the bottoms of your boots because otherwise you wear through the soles of the, of the boot, which has happened to both, to all, all of us, actually, all of us here on the pod right now and Satchel, I know for a fact he's went through his, um, he's like, he's like down to the sock pretty much. I'm pretty sure Satchel is. Yeah. So that's, that's a trend. Have you guys, do you guys think people are using those more often than you've seen in the past? I have never seen what you were talking about. Jackson, I have to hit you with a hot topic on this one. I think it's a veil thing. And I hate to say that, but like when you get dropped off anywhere in Vail, you were trekking over concrete for at least a good five minutes. And that- And cobblestones yeah, too. And that takes that off your boots. Like I just lived in Utah for four years and you put your boots on in the parking lot, which I would compare to the A-Basin parking lot. It's just like a snowy field you park in. Mm-hmm. Um, you walk 10 feet to the chair, throw your skis on, or you ski straight from your car. I think it's really being in Vail in these bigger resorts where you, and they're, I think they're called yik yaks or like yak attacks, something like that. <laughs> yak tracks. I don't know, but they're like the little rubber things. And I think the reason like our parents have never thought to have them is because they kind of grew up the same way. But like, I agree with you being in Vail. I, I honestly thought they're a little dorky to like throw the extra whatever on there. But if you're walking around in Vail or Keystone or, Brackenridge, you you have to have those on your boots if you want them to last that long. Yeah. yeah. Boots are not meant for the concrete. No, they're definitely not. And and the reason I've become so interested in them is because I'm about to destroy a pair of boots if I don't replace my soles now. And um, this is another, a whole nother topic, but Alex and I both have Del Bello boots. And so I go to replace these, the soles. And I cannot find them anywhere. You'd think, oh, you can just Google them and direct, you know, direct to consumer from Dalbello. Well, turns out Dalbello is a French company and they only sell, or is it Italian, Alex? Italian. 
But either yeah, way, they only they only sell through their distributors. So like through a ski shop. So I have gone to, I shit you not, four ski shops at this point, and they're all like, yeah, we don't have those soles. I was in I was in Boulder Ski Dales, Epic, or I mean Epic Mountain Gear today. I went into uh, a ski shop in Vail. I called I called Powder Seven. I cannot find these soles. So two thumbs down for Del Bello. It's yeah, ridiculous that you can't get these parts. Yeah, why would they sell you a twenty-five dollar pair of soles when you could buy a new nine hundred dollar pair of boots? You know. Well, exactly. Okay, nine hundred dollars is very dramatic, but like you know what I mean. Oh, I know what you mean. I feel like you're pretty damn close. Thanks. <laughs> They're not cheap. We'll say that. They're not cheap, especially if you're getting them like custom fitted. Jackson, oh, I you hate can to do say so it, much it's like you have to hit the black market on those. Like, <laughs> go go to the sketchiest website you can find and be like, I, I don't even know what you what boot you have, but be like Souls, and they'll be like, Yeah, we could get you those. I I have tried, Jade. I <laughs> honestly have tried. Well, and honestly, I was prepared to shit on the French people again because I thought it was a French company, and I've had I've had a lot of trouble with French companies recently. And my skis are black crows, and they even say French people are so rude on the side. But if they're Italian, I guess I'll cut them some slack. But it's, I'll put the French and the Italians in the same bucket, I guess. This is ridiculous. I mean, if they're going to act like this. They're just a soft people that make soft products. <laughs> that was my uh, product review. That was a negative product review for the week. but um... No, but I think on a positive note, the yak attacks or we'll, we'll go with that the yak attacks are good i don't mm-hmm. think they're a necessity if you're buying gear but um if you're trying to use your gear and prolong its life yeah they're like 25 bucks get a pair yeah and i like your take that it's a veil thing you know maybe you don't need them if you live in utah or wyoming where the, the parking lot is literally snowed over but yeah veil you definitely need them on that cobblestone so like to the point where like we, so Jax and I are ski instructors now, our gear doesn't pass because we've been walking from the bus to the mountain now for a couple of years on our boots. And they're like, yeah, these don't pass the safety test. Yeah. <laughs> they hardly click into our bindings nowadays. <laughs> no. Yeah, you're right. So no, but maybe I'll uh, link, link in bio to those yak attacks. We're not even going to get paid. I'm just going to help all our listeners out, our 15 listeners. We have 15 now? I thought we only we're had getting nine. up there. We're getting up there. Oh. We're, we're on our way to releasing ads. We have 11 plays per episode, 15 person audience size. So that's some serious growth we've we've had. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, people are loving it. <laughs> but um, enough tooting our own horn. Let's go into one of our favorites, one of my favorite segments, which is pitchers and pitches which is where i pitch a business idea that i've had over the last week jade as you know i have uh business ideas quite often and i have one that i think you're really gonna like caffeinated wine i think no (laughs) that sounds like a blackout in a bottle (laughs) that's exactly the point it's it will compete with red bull you you were a former red bull girl and i think this is the perfect competitor to Red Bull. Well, no, I mean, Red Bull doesn't have any alcohol in it, but you know, effectively you're always mixing it with vodka. So this can be <laughs> the competitor to Red Bull. And it's perfect because, you know, wine makes you tired. What if wine didn't make you tired? 
So I and I think you could like pretty much just add caffeine to wine and and there's your product. If you guys think of any clever names for this product, you let me know. I'm ready to go to market. <laughs> Alex, thoughts on that one? Oh god. I mean, I've heard a lot of dumb fucking ideas from Jackson, and you know what? That's not even the worst one. So I, I I'm not I'm not oppo- I'm not opposed to it. What what I what I what I envision is that he's just like here here's a glass of wine and a and a caffeine pill and he's just like here take a caffeine pill with this with a glass of wine and it's just gonna counter counter effect basically offset each other and you're just gonna be sitting there drunk but like not I I envision it like Jackson's like here's a glass of oh, this sounds bad before I even say it I'm gonna preface this sounds bad someone's like. Here's a glass of wine, and the next thing you know, you wake up in the morning with, like, the most violent hangover you've ever experienced before. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, wait, can I give you a nice pivot from there? Yes, please. You know, like, everyone loves an espresso martini. Bottle that shit. I I think that's, that has to, that has, that has to exist. But that's a good idea. Yeah, but does caffeinated wine exist? So no, and for a reason. Research. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm with Jade. There's got to be a reason it doesn't exist. It's not just because someone hasn't thought of it. It's because somebody tried it and type well, vomited. Well, hey, I'm going to give you guys the first prototype, and we'll we'll come back on the pod and let everyone know how it went. But, uh, yeah, we're, I'm going to break open some caffeine pills and uh, give you guys a nice mulch. I'm looking forward to it. You should invite everyone over for a nice wine night, but don't tell them it's a product testing night. That's brilliant. It's like a blind study. <laughs> oh my god. The the image that just went through my head is Jackson has like six glasses of wine and you just see him breaking open a pill, pouring some dust into those glasses of wine, and he just roofied our entire friend group. Okay, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like That's my my mindset right now. It's that Jackson's about to roofie us all with some caffeine. That's kind of what I got too. <laughs> I was like, I don't think there's like a polite way of putting like what you're trying to sell to people right now. <laughs> I'm here for it though, Jackson. Let's give it a shot. All right. All right. You heard it here, folks. We're gonna we're gonna get into some caffeinated. What are wine. you gonna we'll name it? Pod with it. Um Ooh, you put me on the spot. Normally I'm good at this, but let's all brainstorm. Give me give Turbo me like Wine. Ten seconds. <laughs> Turbo wine. <laughs> it's perfect I actually for like a that. ski podcast. Yeah, actually that that could work out well. That's 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 not like hiding the f- it's not like hiding it at all. Like you're not trying to be bougie. It's just turbo wine. Like, <laughs> holy shit. Well, like have you guys the regulators are going to jump on that shit. I'll tell you. <laughs> have you ever had like beatbox wine? It's blue. No. <laughs> no. It's, blue? it's pretty, it's pretty awful. Um, I guess the other contraire name could be like night, night wine. <laughs> I, I like these names, Jade. Keep them coming. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'll I'll think of one and we'll uh, we'll announce the product next week after we try it. Well, yeah, we'll let you know the results and the name of the product. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. One other topic that uh, Sydney actually brought up to me recently. So that you know, it's been a snowy November everywhere. Jade, you got to go out to Salt Lake City and ski, Snowbird, Alta, because they actually have more. They've had more snow than almost anywhere in the country. Like when you look at the top um, resorts across the country, Snowbird, Alta, Park City, Utah is is getting has gotten hammered over November. And but uh, Sydney brought up a, a really good point 
she thinks that Jackson Hole is doing a better job advertising their snow. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I've been on Instagram scrolling and all of a sudden I'll come across a Jackson Hole ad and their TikToks, their videos are awesome. If you guys haven't looked, you guys should get on their Instagram page and it's going to make you, it's going to make your mouth water. It's going to make you want to buy a plane ticket tonight because like they're doing such a good job advertising more so than, than any other mountain. So Sydney's like, even though Snowbird and Alta have more snow, like Jackson Hole's killing it with their advertising. I think that's probably true. So I, I actually just read an article on that. The most expensive place in North America to ski this year. It might have just been America, but I think it's North America is Jackson Hole. Really? I think they're like wow. upwards of 100 or $260 for a day ticket right now. And that's probably why they're just ripping those commercials because clearly they've got the spending. That is wild. I, I still want to go though. Absolutely, and I'm going to check out those ads as soon as yeah, we hop yeah. off, to be honest. <laughs> that's that's the one mountain that I absolutely have to go to this year, or I really want to go to this year, is Jackson Hole. That's... Ooh, ski trip to Jackson. I'm in. I, I would get in the car right now. <laughs> I already know Satchel wants to go. He has a pass there, so. If we didn't have uh, training this weekend, we'd be going, I think, honestly. Bad news. I'm not going to training. <laughs> no way. Are you really not? No, I'm really not. Are you going to McCall? I am. McCall is also getting hammered right now. Really? Yeah. Nice. That's going to be awesome. And, and for our listeners, that's McCall, Idaho. And the resort that they have up there is called Brundage. We have some friends that live in McCall and uh, work at Brundage. And so Jade has the opportunity to go... Uh, go up there thanks for the invite guys <laughs> i i do know that whole area is getting hammered right now with snow um my friends who still live in salt lake actually got called off from work today to work remote because they're in a winter storm warning so anyone in utah better go skiing in the next few days and then idaho's getting probably some of the fattest flakes i've seen in a couple of years so Jeez, is that like a lake effect thing or is it just that like storms are just sitting on top of those mountains? That's a good question, Alex. I think um, so just thinking about the geography, I, I don't know. I think those are the same storms that, that hit us probably in the same storm. Obviously the same storms that are hitting like uh, Wyoming. Um, but yeah, because those storms are moving across Washington into Idaho. Um, and I was thinking like, Oh, what do they call that effect um, in Washington where the, the clouds come off the Pacific and then they run up against the, 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 the mountains in, in uh, Washington? It's like, the ra- it's like a rain shadow effect kind of thing. No, but I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. So, you, no, Jackson, you're totally right. And then I don't know much about Idaho, but I know Utah, the mountains are so massive out there that they actually create pockets. So like Snowbird and Alta are pockets. So they get significantly more snow than Brighton and Solitude because the clouds kind of get funneled in there and they get trapped for a while. And then once they finally get pushed over, they start hitting the Colorado resorts. And then I also don't know what the effect is called, but when they come down from the mountains, they hit the front range pretty hard. And then by the time they hit Denver, it's like a trickle of a storm. But 
the snow's better in Colorado because it's lighter. We just have mm-hmm. less of it. Yeah, like even last weekend, the the flakes we were seeing were super fat and super light, which is awesome for November. And it's it's been staying cold. Alex, have you been out yet? Uh, I skied one day at Copper with uh, Maddie and Lydia, but nice. it was like a one long groomer that turned into a fucking war zone by the end of the day. <laughs> the white line of death. But yeah, it was it was still pretty fun. Yeah, well, in the it's just just gonna come down to can they open the new terrain? That's when it'll really get good. But the snow is not bad. I think they're close. I think they're close too. So we have a new segment here. It's called the conspiracy skis segment. See what we did there? And 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 this week's ski is the the Nordica Enforcer. If you guys are unfamiliar, this is a great ski. My dad skis on this ski. I actually skied on it way back in the day and I loved it. Super stiff charging all mountain ski. They they make it in both a 92 and a 100 underfoot. I was actually looking at it in a ski shop recently. So yeah, Nordica Enforcer, that's a shameless plug, but Alex is going to give us uh, some more info on that. Yeah, um, the Nordica Enforcer is, is a sweet ski. It's it's currently Ski Magazine's number one ranked ski uh, for 2022, um, and it's it's a sweet, like Jackson said, it's a sweet, char- hard charging ski. Comes in a ninety-two and a hundred underfoot, and some of like its strengths are just its stability at speed and its crud performance. Um, and then some things that you would probably want to look out for. It's not super playful, not super forgiving, so it's definitely a ski for a little bit more of a intermediate to advanced skier who you know has no trouble kind of charging down the mountain, skiing in all types of terrain and in all types of conditions. I I am a slut for like a good stiff ski though. I don't know if you can say it on this podcast. Sorry. (laughs) Um, I'm right there with you. I I do love like the like metal core where they just, you're not skiing the ski. They're just taking you down the mountain. You know, all you do is lean forward and they say yes, you know? And if that's what the Nordica enforcer is about, I would love to give it a good try. (laughs) <laughs> that is exactly what the Nordica Enforcer is about. I think we should just split what you said about the Enforcer, what I said about the Enforcer, and then what Jay just said, and that be our ski spiracy segment. I love that, but I would also totally listen next week if you guys talk about the Mindbenders and if JK is murdered by the <laughs> I would be very involved with this podcast. Is it true crime? Is it a ski podcast? We're not sure. Well, we're going to have to... Uh... We'll, we'll throw that in there for you, Jade. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, I think that's going to conclude our, our show for tonight. Thank you so much for joining us, Jade. It's been great. So the featured mountain this week was, was Steamboat. And looking at Steamboat for the upcoming week, we are looking at snow coming up on Friday and Monday. Looking at Aspen Snowmass, we're looking at a possible six more inches in the next 72 hours, which is pretty awesome. So Aspen is looking at more snow. If you guys are looking to go, go to Aspen, but pretty much the whole state is, is, is as well. Crest of Butte is actually looking really good. I would be interested in going there 10 inches projected over the next 72 hours. Um, that's actually the highest on the page that I'm currently looking at. So that's, 
that could be the pick for this week uh, going into next week. We'll, we'll focus on Crested Butte. Easily accessible mountains like Keystone is expected to have four in the next 72. Loveland, four in the next 72. Steamboat, five in the next 72. Sounds like a good weekend for the powder hounds it, out it there. It will be for sure. So um, get out there, get skiing. Remember to uh, prepare for your guys' drives and not screw up traffic for everyone else. Get some winter tires before you're out there driving. I'm about to get some new Blizzax installed on my car. Have a safe drive, have a good pow day, and uh, pray for snow, y'all. We'll see you next week.